Welcome to Dream Up by Burdock, a weekly podcast show connecting you with inspiring Asian American creatives by exploring what they do and the paths that got them there. This is Dream Up. Hi, this is Peter Ashley. Today I'll be speaking with Christelle DeCastro. Christelle is a director, photographer, and artist based in New York City. She is an adjunct professor at Parsons and is the co-founder of the film production company Groundwork. She is represented by IMG Lens Agency. Hey. Hey, this is so cool. Yeah, thanks for chatting with me on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you, Peter? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. I uh, I have a new dog. Yes, I saw on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny. I, I keep calling her a puppy because I thought she was one. And then I took her to the vet this week and he was like, um, she's three, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so she's a grown woman, but she's like the sweetest little angel. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So she's been filling my time. I want to just start, if you could introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Sure. So my name is Christelle DeCastro. I've been a New Yorker for about 12 going on 13 years. I'm a filmmaker and photographer. I am signed with IMG Lens. I would say that I work between the fields of fashion and music. And so I do a lot of commercials, fashion films that are very music driven and kind of bounce between those two niches. Um, I'm also an adjunct professor at Parsons. So next spring will be my third year teaching there. And this year I launched with co-founders, with some partners, a new film production company called Groundwork. And we do a lot of really dope music videos and yeah, just kind of some edgy film projects. And can you describe what a typical day-to-day looks like for you? Sure. I mean, it that changes quite a bit from week to week for me. It really depends. So like I was thinking about what my schedule has looked like in the last few weeks. And luckily things actually started getting busier for me last month. So last month was like a pretty hectic shoot month. Shockingly, I feel like a lot of people started actually getting back into full full swing with work. So I had eight travel days then came back to New York, had to quarantine for two weeks, but then had nine days of a remote shoot currently right now. And like through the next week and a half or so, I'm in post-production for those projects. And so like right now, I'm kind of just like chilling a little bit with my dog and, and then also getting ready for what I'll be shooting in October. So it really depends. Like it's basically like very, very, very busy. And then once I go into post, it gets a little bit more chill during this time is usually the time where like other inquiries come in. And if, if I try to take the, or get the jobs and then I'd be treating for those jobs, it's kind of like shoot, shoot, shoot. And then a little bit of a chill period, but it's kind of like setting up what, what's coming next. And I want to just take a step back. If you could take us on a journey of your career path and how you got started in filmmaking and photography. Sure. So I actually, got into filmmaking in high school. I went to a a high school in the Bay Area in California. And it was, you know, how would I describe this high school? The best way I could describe this high school is if you've seen that movie, Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer. It was just like a very cutty, very uh, underfunded 
high school, but where everybody really kind of shined was the creative arts. So it was like a high dropout rate, like girls were getting pregnant left and right. But where we really, I think, excelled was football and like drama and band. Like we had a sick marching band. And but we randomly had this TV video productions class. And one day out of the week, um, basically every Monday of the month, this public access channel would play high school film projects from my high school. And so as a kid, I would grow up watching that public access channel and just thought these high schoolers were so cool and like the projects look so fun. And so when I got to high school, I took that class and that's when I was like, holy shit, like the medium of video is so fun. And I really, it clicked for me, like how to sort of like create stories and express myself and be funny through video. So in high school is really where I was like, oh, okay. Like I want to be a director. That's what I want to be when I grow up. And I got into photography actually accidentally in college because after high school, then I went to San Francisco State and basically just kind of had the opposite experience with my film classes because I went from having a, a being in an environment where my teacher was just like, yeah, that sounds great. You want to do that? Cool. You need to borrow a camera? Great. Here you go. To being in an environment where I just felt like I wasn't creating and I was super bored and I wasn't inspired. And I guess my, my creativity wasn't being nurtured there. And long story short, I met um, some other film kids from another school and I like one of them became one of my best friends and he was an incredible photographer, like gave me a camera, taught me how to shoot. And so I got into photography actually kind of by accident, which a lot of photographers now are being asked to direct films and so I'm, I'm glad that I actually came into filmmaking first because it is a craft that while they're related, there's totally different principles for each. And I think, um, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I, I think it is, it can be a lot of pressure, I think, for photographers today to have to like be asked to make like motion content. Yeah, it's, it's just like a hard industry right now, I think. And so you were studying filmmaking. Was that your major? At yes. University. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my major was cinema studies. I mean, I eventually dropped out and then went to school for photography and then eventually dropped out of that as well because I couldn't afford art school. And then what was next? Um, did you just start working or how did you get into the industry? Basically what happened was when I started taking pictures, this was a, at a time in San Francisco where like street art and art shows were huge. Like this was like the lifeblood of like the art culture, the art scene in San Francisco during that time. And about a year into just being a street photographer and like taking pictures of friends and people on the street, I started showing my work in just like group gallery shows. And basically like after a, like a year of like heavily showing my stuff, I got a solo show here in New York. And that's when I was like, hmm, shit's kind of taking off here. And I think what happened was photography, like when I was in high school, I was creating videos and like just making funny little projects like all the time. I could do that by myself and like output work, right? When I went to college, that was gone. But what replaced it was photography, which at the time became my instant gratification. So that became sort of like the craft that I could control myself 
I could shoot, get the pictures developed and like I, I could make stuff and I, I could look at it and be like, oh, I made something. And when I started showing and then I had that solo show, I was like, okay, something is happening here and I kind of probably need to listen to this. That was actually the point at which I decided to drop out and just kind of focus on where photography was going to take me and focus actually on being an artist. And so I, I was working at a diner and just being an artist, just taking pictures, like spent all my money on film, developing, processing, printing, framing. Um, and that was really my life. And I was super happy, not making any money, not selling any work, but I felt like, like I, I made so many of my best friends meeting them, going to art shows. It was just a really, really fun, meaningful time in San Francisco at the time. And I did that for a little bit, but at, at some point I was like, okay, so what's the next step? I was showing a lot and like taking pictures of bands that, you know, because they were like my friends. How do I then get these pictures printed in magazines? Like, how do I do that? And really the, the only clear thing was I needed to move to New York to kind of take it to the next step and like learn how to do this commercially. And so I moved to New York in 2008. It was kind of like on the back of my relationship was ending at the time. And my best friend had a room opening up in her apartment. And it just was like, this seems like the right move. And, you know, of course, on top of that, like I had been trying to figure out how do I take work to the next level? Right. Because I was just like, this is super fun and super fulfilling. And I have a great community of friends, but like, I can't work at this diner for the rest of my life and just quote unquote, have fun. Like I need to try and make a career out of this. And so when I came to New York, it just so happened that e-com was still during this time, like people were still trying to figure it out. It just so happened that opening ceremony was trying to figure out how to launch an e-com business. And my best friend was their head designer at the time. And she came home and she was like, yo, they're thinking about opening up a, a web store. Like they'll need photographers. You should maybe apply. I had never shot digital before. I shot only film. I shot only 35 millimeter. Absolutely had like nothing in my portfolio to show that I could be good for this job. But it was just kind of right time, right place where like they also, they were, it was very grassroots when they were trying to start this e-com business. Um, and so they really wanted to work with young photographers who were down to figure it out with them. And in other words, they didn't have a budget for like really anyone more senior, you know? And so it just kind of worked out. And that's when I got my hands wet with digital photography. And yeah, so I worked at OC for two years I left as their photo director. And then when I went freelance and I was, I've been freelance since 2010, it's just really been like, I just did my best to sort of just keep myself alive and stay afloat and try and just keep developing my portfolio essentially since, since that point on. And I think for about a good three years, I was only shooting, I was only doing photography. The interesting thing is a lot of people in New York, A, didn't know me as an artist, like didn't even know that like my life in San Francisco wasn't even commercial. My life in SF was purely like street art. It was purely showing in galleries, like doing that whole thing. So New York knew none of that. And then New York also didn't know that I was actually a filmmaker. And so I would say like 
it took a few years to be able to sort of work enough, sort of acquire enough of a reputation to start doing it all. And now I think I'm in a space where like, I would say two years ago, I was probably half and half doing like directing and, and shooting photography. I think now I'm probably directing more than I am doing photography, which is a place that I'm, where I'm happy. What would you describe are some of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome while building your career? I mean, a big challenge is being a woman and not being taken seriously in the field. That's a huge challenge. I think also I still get inquiries for things that I'm just too senior for, you know, budgets that I'm just too, too fucking senior for, you know, like I still will get an inquiry where I'm like, you know, this is a great opportunity for like a 19 year old who's still figuring it out. But like, I am sorry, there's no way I can do this job. So I think I still struggle with sort of like not being taken seriously. I think that also has to do with like, not even just being a woman, but I think people think I'm young. (laughs) Like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if you have this problem. Do you ever have this problem that people think you're young? I think people think I'm younger than I actually am. No, and I I know that that sounds like it's such a, a trite thing to like complain about, but okay. I already have that. I'm a woman in the mix. If they think I'm a 22 year old woman, you're going to give me a, I understand why you're get why you're offering me a job with that kind of rate. Maybe you looked at my Instagram for a hot second and like, didn't know I was repped and you thought I was just like a party kid. That's not who I am. It shouldn't matter what, what age I am. And, and maybe then it reverts back to being a woman and then the pay gets cut a little bit. There, there's so many layers to that. I think that can be a little bit of a challenge. And I was thinking about it. I also think, and, and tell me if you feel the same way, but like I really struggle with the industry being so fucking content based, you know, like just like making shit for content sake for, for Instagram essentially, you know? And it's like, I'm struggling with jobs that are purely for content sake. And then, so, so there's not a lot of money being put into it and not a lot of time being put into it. And I just wish like, you know, it's like, okay, we can actually make this look really, really cool, but can I have more than a week to like come up with something special? Like, can I have enough time to like dream about this, like throw ideas to a wall, see what sticks? We as artists, it's like everybody wants everything yesterday. Right. And there's just not enough time for the process. I, I'm just getting to a point where I'm like, I don't want to make stuff anymore with like a suffocating budget. And then on top of that, having very little time to make it amazing. So those are things that I wish I wish I didn't have to struggle with, but I, I do. Yeah, I think you're right. Everything that we create these days feels very fleeting. And to exactly. your point, just it's just pumping out content after content that just lives for two seconds on Instagram. So a lot of times it does feel like we don't have the bandwidth or space to kind of create something that has more depth. Exactly. It's like, the thing is, it's like, okay, if this is what we're looking at, and that's just the reality of it, right? The industry needs like a lot of fucking content to survive in this digital age and like this pandemic world that we live in, where we're obviously not going to be like shopping indoors. Like we're shopping from our phones. We're basically being sold things through our screens, right? If this is so important to companies, then 
put more money and more thought and more time into it. Stop approaching it as though it's just like some throwaway thing. Because if it is important, imagine putting out the hottest, most fire, most beautiful work ever in that, you know, in that content space. It's sort of like this painful trickle down effect where like everyone suffers because no one feels good about the project. If it was a pain in the ass to make, everyone's underpaid. And because it's so budget, everybody's being worked to the max and depleting themselves to make this thing that isn't even as brilliant as it could have been. Right. But it's like, if we just put a little bit more time and just a little bit more budget, or when I say a little bit more budget, I mean a realistic budget. I'm not asking, you know what I mean? We're no one's asking for like crazy, like hype Williams style budgets these days, but just like a realistic one, Um, a, a budget that doesn't suffocate people and a budget where everybody can feel happy about the project that they're doing. I just wish the industry could change in this way where like, let's not kill ourselves over this. This isn't where we're not curing cancer. We're making beautiful work that hopefully has like a a good message to it At, at the end of the day, hopefully just looks fucking cool. And let's not put gross shit out there and then kill ourselves over that. I'd rather kill myself over something that I really fucking believe in. Right. I, I even want to come back to, what you were saying about being a female creator mm-hmm. in this industry. Obviously, I've noticed in photography, most of the photographers I've met happen to be men. Mm. And I guess I just want to ask, I could guess, but in the filmmaking world, is that the same or is it worse? I would say it is probably worse. They're both super male dominated. I guess I feel like it might be worse only because on a film set, there's just so many more people on a, on a film set. And if you're not going out of your way to be in charge of how those sets are staffed and making sure that it's diverse and that you've got a lot of women on deck, it's going to be all dudes. Like that is just the way, that's just the name of the game. It's like even really hard for women DPs to get into the mix. And a lot of it also has to do with it's such a physical job that I think uh, I think women are underestimated to be able to do to do that job. Like DPing is so fucking physical. Cameras are so fucking heavy. Like it's it is such a grueling job to do. And there are some sick ass female DPs out there. Um, but a lot of times I think a lot of times people think it's like a man's job purely because of like, because they think they can literally carry the job. So yeah, I I would say that it's, it is probably just as bad, if not worse. Do you have any tips or advice for someone wanting to pursue a career in filmmaking or photography? I was thinking about this and actually my advice would be, this would be for anybody pursuing any, anything. And like, it doesn't even have to be this in this field. But I would say collaborate with as many of your friends as you can to make cool shit for no money, but because you feel like it and because it lights you up. Do that as much as you can. At the same time, make sure that it's work that everybody gets something out of. So when I was younger and just starting out, I was. this was during a time where like, 
me and my friends who were coming up like designers, um, musicians, we were all like working together, you know, like I would shoot all these press photos for my friends. I would like shoot my friends lookbooks and nobody had money. I also needed to do those jobs so that I had new shit on my website. So we were all like making stuff together. And at some point I actually burnt myself out and I started getting, I started feeling like people weren't appreciating me because let's say I would shoot a look, I would shoot a lookbook for a friend, but then never get fucking trade. And it's like, bro, trade is not paying my bills, but like, it's the least you can do for me doing this job for you. You got the photos. Now where's my trade? And so this was happening a lot. And at some point I was just like, I'm just not doing this. I'm not collaborating with my friends. And I, I had a conversation with somebody like after like a year of just like not doing shit with friends, I had a great conversation and they were like, you know what? This is really where it's at. You need to stop avoiding that, like make work, but like kind of do it on better terms. And so I started opening my doors again. When I stopped being pessimistic about it, I started making great work with people. And so I think it's important if you're an aspiring filmmaker, photographer, aspiring designer, aspiring musician, et cetera, et cetera, make amazing work with your friends, play, have fun, experiment, just do shit. Make shit with your friends, but also make sure that everybody is getting something out of it. That way you don't burn each other out. That way one person doesn't feel like they're being taken advantage of. Remember that it is a community at the end of the day. You are each other's greatest resources. And the work that we make as young creators is the most fucking authentic, realist shit that we'll ever have. And once you start working commercially, all you do at night is try and tap into that space. That's the space that like all these big ass companies want to tap into. So I think like use this um, authentic time in your creative life to collaborate with each other and have each other's backs essentially. So what's next for you and what are you excited about that's coming up? Next up, I'm working on a documentary actually. Uh, like it's like a mini doc. So I'm going to be working on a film with Slow Factory, which is a, a really amazing nonprofit. They are sort of like changing the game in the fashion industry. They, they help companies become more sustainable. And so we're working on a really cool project next. Um, so we're going to be shooting for that next month. And I guess we're, we're in post-production for a commercial right now. And I have some fun holiday things coming out. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much next. Oh, and, and I think I'm going to maybe not delete Instagram, but like be on it much less. And I'm kind of really excited for that. Is there a particular reason? (laughs) Did you get to see the social dilemma on Netflix? I haven't yet. No, it's on my list. Okay. A lot of people I think are scared to watch it. It's, they don't make it scary. So just like, it's actually just like a really interesting informative watch but man it just you realize you don't actually control these these apps and they control you and i think that that's really scary so i just want to take a little bit of a break and just like see if like does it make me more creative if i'm not on instagram like how mm. how will my my personal work evolve i i literally peter can be on tiktok until like 5 in the morning like th- like <laughs> i love tiktok I will scroll until five. I'm telling you, I do this a lot. 
Um, <laughs> I really enjoy your curated TikToks that you post on your Insta stories. That's how I see TikTok through your eyes. And, you know, I'm happy to be like the people's editor. I'm just like, what, what else could I be doing instead of like being on TikTok until 4 or 5 a.m.? Like I could be like learning about so many other things. I could be like reading really important books. So I think I'm going to go on like a little bit of a cleanse right? and just like see how my creativity or my productivity changes. I'll, I'll probably still stay on Instagram for like updates, you know, just work updates, but I'm, I think I'm going to kind of pull away from my engagement a little bit. Yeah. That, that, that will be a project in itself. That'll be super interesting. I think my fear with Instagram is that nowadays I feel so many clients find my work through Instagram. Right, right. Feels like Instagram has replaced my website in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, um, so right now I'm, I'm redesigning my website, but I was like, man, if I just had a blog tab on my website with all of, cause I think a big reason too, why, why people like to go on Instagrams is to see like, well, who is Peter? Like, who is this guy? What does he stand for? And like, does he seem like a nice guy? I, I think part of clients going to our pages is not even just to see your work, but just how you engage with people and how you engage with the community and just to get a sense of your character. Um, and I think I'm, but so I'm just like, well, what if I took the power away from Instagram and just like, what if I just made my website so that like, it had like a, a Tumblr attached to it or some way to see, you know, right. pictures of my dog and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get a sense of who you yeah, are as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting because even when I do castings for models, mm-hmm. I'll often go to their Instagram. Just to your point, I, I want to get a sense of who they are and what their personality will be like to get a sense of what that experience will be working with. Exactly, set, exactly, right? exactly. So yeah, if, if I can substitute Instagram with my website and be able to kind of give that, probably the next time you chat with me, I'll be like, looking deranged because I haven't had any (laughs) social media. (laughs) I mean, I'll be missing your TikTok feed for sure. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Christelle. Of course. Of course. Um, Thank you for having me. And I'm so sorry. I I was, uh, I took some tangents there, but. um, No, it was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about my dog and your cooking off, off the record. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you to Mark Redito for the music. Please support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. And join us next week on Dream Up. Oh, oh.